0: excited about the series we're in right now. Walking through one of the books in the New Testament called Philippians. Paul is writing to the churches that he started, and literally there was no followers of Jesus in the community whatsoever until he showed up on the scene and started sharing and dialoguing with people about Jesus. And he's writing to encourage this church. And he's encouraging them with with something we have to be challenged by today as well, that living as a Christian means seeing our own story as a living expression of Jesus' story. Like we're bringing Jesus' story to life all around us. That's the challenge at heart. And so the question we should be asking and we want to ask during the course of this series is is how is the transforming power of personally knowing Jesus impacting the understanding of Jesus in the world around me? Like, how is my life bringing clarity to the love of God to the people around me? And last week, we looked at the big idea of the reality that God is continuing a good work in you. And we were invited to participate and be partners in sharing the good news. And we're just gonna continue that uh, this week and the next few weeks as we walk through the book of Philippians, learning how to be this living expression. Um, sharing the good news is an incredible experience and, and, and it's, an, it's a lifelong process to sharpen like our skill, if you will, of being able to share what is God doing in my life? And uh, we, we, 10 years ago today, uh, just a little side blurb of, of history, 10 years ago today had the first launch meeting, I guess you could say, our first Sunday gathering in our living room of our house uh, for Open Life. Just gathering together, talking about how do we share the gospel to this community the church actually started services in January 2010 and we'll celebrate our 10 year in January as well but just realizing man today marks this day 10 years ago that we put our heads around with like 30 people in our house how do we how do we make Jesus known here in Bonnie Lake and the surrounding communities we began to pray around that and study scripture about each other and how we can love each other and, and, and it's a pretty cool journey we've been able to be on and it's amazing what God has done in and through Open Life in the last 10 years. And it started not much differently than yesterday. Uh, one week ago, 10 years ago, a tornado went through our backyard and destroyed like all the fences and, and p- lifted a place Set from like the big Costco one out of our backyard, threw it into a neighbor's yard, and and twisted up our tomato plant metal things right next to the house. Flipped over our barbecues and tables, and 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 then it lifted up and went over a little farther from our house and blew up a barn. An F1 tornado and last night when that lightning was going off. I was like, "Is history repeating itself?" Ten years ago, you know, no, you know, and uh, but ten years ago starting this thing, and you go, man, not even a tornado could stop God from starting a church and preparing to share the love with this region. And that's the heart of what Paul is writing to the Philippians here. He's going to communicate the heart of nothing stopping the gospel, if you will. In fact, weird things that happen around us can often launch the gospel forward. Let's read. Philippians 1, 12 through 26 is where we're at this week. I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news for everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, Most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach out of Christ or preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ. They preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful for me. But that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way. So rejoice. So I rejoice. And I will continue to rejoice. For I know that as you pray for me and the spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ. Whether I live or die, for to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. Bold statement, right? Verse 22. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. But for your sake, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what he is doing through me. Wow, what a section of text and what a positive attitude Paul has in the midst of a serious trial, right? But he just keeps his outlook positive. And it's what really brings us uh, to our... Our big idea today is pretty simple out of the context of really the beginning few passages here in this section. Our big idea is learn how to share where you are with Jesus. Like literally learn how to share right where you're at. Everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. What if we could learn to articulate our story And how Jesus currently is intersecting our life. I mean, just be able to share it with anyone clearly. Giving Jesus the credit for the things that are happening. Seeing how he's getting us through the things that are challenging. Being honest at the same time about where we're at. Paul is not hiding the fact that he's in prison here that he's in chains. In fact, he's saying it's helping the spread of the gospel. It's encouraging people. It's making him and others more bold. It's like the opposite of what you would imagine. Paul's not pretending that the man they sent to encourage him, and we'll read about this in a few, but the man who came to encourage him in prison from Philippi was so sick he about died. He's not going to hide over that or gloss over that. We don't have to be free from the mess to share where we are with Jesus. We simply share how Jesus is walking with us through the mess. How is he helping us get through our realities? And I think sometimes we in our mind buy into the lie. Well, I'll tell, I'll tell people about Jesus or I'll make Jesus known through my life's exp- expression um, as soon as I'm, I'm out of prison. It, that f- the church will freak out if they know I'm in jail. Right? So you disguise where we're at. Or I'll tell people about my faith once we're married. I'll tell people about my faith once I have a home to live in again. I'll tell people about my faith once I'm popular in school. I'll tell people or invite people to church once my kids stop rebelling. We try to fix our lives instead of running to the one who can fix our lives, who can help us through the valleys and to help us experience mountaintops. Well, what, is, what does Paul teach in other books and even Peter teach? Listen to this. 2 Timothy 4, 2 opens up by saying, preach the word of God, be prepared, whether the time is favorable, favorable or not. We're supposed to make... Jesus' love, plain to people, whether the season of life is favorable or not. I can't say that word, favorable. That husky game was on too late. It's like lack of sleep. Husky game. So I look at that and I go, prison was not favorable. Death for the follower of Jesus from Philippi that came to minister and encourage Paul was not favorable. He didn't die, but he sure got close. Peter says it this way in 1 Peter 3.15. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. I think many of us probably saw the clip we didn't cue it up, but saw the clip of a, a high profile leader in our nation asked about their favorite Bible verse. I don't know if you've ever seen that video on the news or whatever, but, and they were like, oh, this is a private matter. I, but what's your favorite verse? I, I, I don't want to share, right? And it was this um, awkward moment. I won't say who it was, but they're like, no, I won't share it. Um, anyway, so uh, uh, it was this weird moment, right? You're going, well, we just finished the series Life Verses, so you should at least have one verse in your mind, right? But if someone asked you, "How's that thing going?" I noticed you've been in church, or you, I've saw I saw a post you checked in at church on Facebook. Are you going to church, or what's that church stuff all about? Uh, I don't know. Right? And we get all nervous. Well, what if we have a relationship with Jesus? We're experiencing that power of the Holy Spirit that Paul just talked about in Philippians. And we're like, yeah, wow, I'm exploring this thing and it's been awesome so far. Or, yeah, I've been going. I'm still kicking the tires a bit, but it's interesting. Or, wherever we're at, we're just genuine and honest in our reply I often you know how's that church thing going you guys started you know and we'll get asked that randomly by people and I just say you know it's it's actually going really well we're enjoying the favor in the community and, and uh, um, you should come and check it out oh you know I kind of follow you guys online or whatever those conversations happen all the time and I would want to encourage you to kind of be ready to allow the holy spirit to share love through you or an answer through you and paul's going to dig into that like what does it take for us to be a living explanation of the gospel ultimately he ex- he expressed everyone knew including those who were opposing him and imprisoning him all the jailers knew the guards knew that he was there in an unfavorable scenario, but yet God was using that very factor to proclaim the gospel. They knew he was there for Jesus. And sometimes I wonder if people see us having a rough season in our life, do we still glorify Jesus through that season? Or are we silent about our relationship with God? So... How do we get more boldness? Paul had some crazy boldness to share his faith in all those scenarios, and that's what we want to focus on today. So the first thought is, first we need to determine life is in Christ. That's the starting block. I mean, we, we're not going to be bold. We have no mission if we're not on the mission out of a relationship with Jesus. We can't share a hope we haven't yet fully experienced. We're just growing in knowledge of. And while exploring the faith is realistic, and it's realistic for some for an extended time period of life, there's a moment, there has to come a moment where we cross the line of faith, if you will, for lack of a better term, where we make a decision to trust God with our life and we confess Jesus as Lord. Um, For me, I sat in church, deeply moved, to tears even, and like, Impact. It. I sat in church for six months, and really, there were I can track seeds that were being sown into my life for a few years before that uh, through my interests, whether it was. watching musicals and Les Mis and you see the story of redemption in that or going to a Harry Connick Jr. concert and having him share his faith and his dad and him sing Amazing Grace and whether it was uh, reading a business book and and watching them give glory to God in the book and just going, what is happening? I, I saw these seeds in my life and I was rebelling against them pretty strongly but God got a hold of me and then I started going to church, and I sat there week after week trying to wrestle with my own objections and, and kind of explore this, but yet I was deeply moved every week. It was like somebody was telling the pastor my issues, and I would show up, and he would talk about them to everybody, you know. So it was kind of, I don't know if you've ever shown up to church and felt that way, but that was my story. And, and, and I, I would listen and, and learn, and then finally, I crossed that line of faith. And that's a powerful moment, and things drastically changed in my life. Like, night and day, I didn't think that just praying a prayer to invite Jesus into my life was going to give me a completely different outlook and a completely different power to work from as far as it came to faith and living. I I was blown away. And I remember seeing a scale in one of the books I read, about church and, and, and just growing as a... It was actually a small group book, probably, I think. And uh, there was this scale of people's journey to Christ. And it started, I believe, at like negative four or negative three. It started in the negatives, and then there's this zero, which is making a decision to, uh, to invite Jesus into your life, and then it grew to like eight or something like that. And um, I just remember this this chart surprised me that there was a negative and the dialogue was around our journey of faith starts way before we cross the line of faith. I mean, there's a season when seeds are being sown into our life. For me, it was a musical concert, books, prayers of my relatives I'm very positive of. It's a seed. And then maybe negative three is somebody starts observing. So for you, it's like your neighbors might be watching you, your social feed might be paying attention to what you're posting and and might just be curious from a distance. Those would be the people that are like, well, in the next step, they might ask you about it. But at that step, they're just observing, they're listening. They might be paying attention to to if the, the love that's shared within your social posts or maybe they'll listen to your conversations at work or on your commute if they're close to you, they'll just eavesdrop into your world. You're like, there's people watching and listening probably more than you realize. The next step, and the negative still, right, is we take, somebody might take a step towards learning. They might show up at church. They might um, ask you a question. They might show up at a group or even serve at an event like the Big Give. They're just from a distance going to kind of step in, just lean in a little. This is when it would be amazing if those of us who, who know Jesus as our Lord and Savior would be bringers or inviters. There's a lot of people leaning in just waiting for somebody to invite them on the journey with us. And then that step of of really saying, okay, I'm going to go beyond head knowledge. You can get stuck in this season for a long time learning about Jesus. But I'm going to go from just learning about Jesus. I want to experience Jesus personally and invite him into my life as Lord. And that's when things shift. That's when what Paul is talking about, this power of Jesus Christ, comes through you in boldness and allows you to share Even words that you couldn't memorize or plan, he'll put the words in your mouth at times when opportunities arise. It's crazy. And you just go, okay, Lord, that was you and not me, right? Thank you, Lord. I just pray that we wouldn't get stuck, that we would discover and determine that life is in Christ, and so we would just cross that line of faith, if you would. John 20, 29, and 31 says, Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life and power of his name. There comes that moment where we cross the line of belief and say, okay, I believe it. I'm in a, I'm going to act on that belief, and I'm going to say, Jesus, come into my life. John 10.10 says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Life is found in Jesus. Did I see that you were in church this weekend? Yeah, absolutely you were. And, And it's making a difference. Just... I'm feeling more peace. I'm experiencing joy for the first time. I still have a lot of questions, but boy, here's where I'm at. That's all you need to share. You don't need all the answers. You just need to share where you're at. And hopefully if it's it's from a position of of power by the Holy Spirit, because you've determined to follow Jesus. Second thought, keep your motives in check. There's this, This interesting teaching in the middle of this, this is actually kind of awkward, right? To imagine that there are people following Jesus, love Jesus, but opposing Paul's message of Jesus. There's all kinds of research as to why they would be opposing it. You have the group that wants everybody to still fulfill all the laws written of in the Old Testament, and um, they kind of want a Jewish Christian believer practice all the rituals all these things and they would really want to put a lot of regulations and requirements on on Christians and so they kind of opposed Paul's teaching of grace and love uh, uh, through Jesus resurrection and and death and so they'll they'll be a little more in opposition there's also people though that uh, Paul was addressing some were preaching the gospel uh, just to keep a paycheck uh, if they they kind of had a job called preacher, and that job was not necessarily being fulfilled out of anointing or calling, but out of a desire to get rich. Um. I that happens today still, right? Um, in fact, introspectively. I can look back on the 20-some years of ministry in my life, and there were seasons I was going through the motion. And I was just doing church instead of being the church in my community. Some were preaching Christ with a twist of just, like, jealousy. Oh, and I, we've experienced jealousy. Jealousy. We've experienced our A boards pointing towards other churches in the community on a Sunday. You're like, what? Why? Why? That's weird, right? This happens still today. Ministers that won't network together because there's just this sense of, no, we're on the same team. Again, in Philippi, there was no church, so any church that came Out of this community, Paul was the seed sower and the original harvester. So they all originated from him. Others came into that story with motives. But the coolest thing that's just always caught me, from the first time I read Philippians, just as a baby little Christian, I remember reading it. And in the translation I read it, I memorized the verse where he says, What does it matter? In this translation, the New Living Translation, he says, that doesn't matter. No matter their motives, if they're preaching Christ, that's what's important. If people are able to follow Jesus, that's the big deal here. So stop wasting your energy arguing and quarreling. I follow this guy, I follow this guy, I oppose this guy, I'm doing it for these reasons. What does it matter? And still to this day. <coughs> hey Pastor, what do you what do you feel about the prosperity gospel? This preacher over here is preaching. Oh no, I I just I don't like getting in that situation at all, actually. You know? I was like, you know, we're gonna believe different things, we're gonna read different texts from different angles. We're looking at the same square block and different sides. Or maybe God gives a a special grace to one church to be involved in the community and another church to really just minister to keep Christians and not reach out. And so we have different philosophies. That's going to happen. But if we quarrel against each other when both of us are in the gospel business, that bears no good fruit, no good fruit for the kingdom. I don't want to tear that guy down or that guy down. I want to build them up. I want to pray for them. I want to bless them. I want to encourage them. Oh, this church has gotten crazy charismatic and they're floating in worship. What do you think about that, pastor? Um maybe they have superpowers and uh, yeah. It's just interesting. There's there's all kinds of different questions that will come. Is this really God that did these miracles? Did people follow Jesus? Yeah. Then it's awkward. I don't understand it, but let's keep going with what God's given us favor and blessing to do in our city. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be the Christian judge. I don't want to be the guy blogging about whether somebody's a good pastor or a bad pastor. You know? I just want to be loving people who don't know Jesus and help lead them into a relationship with Him so that then somebody else can be a person that's leading somebody into a growing relationship with Jesus. And we become people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Let's keep the main thing the main thing. doesn't matter. It's not about what you share, but the heart in which you share it that matters. (laughs) And Paul's just kind of checked the motives. Let's do it out of love. Some people are doing it out of love. And that's the motive that makes The biggest impact. Nothing more, nothing less. Thought three expect and hope to never be ashamed. Expect and hope to never be ashamed. What is this? Well, it says in verse 20 I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, so it's just a passage. But that I will continue to be bold for Christ. When we share our experience at the intersection of life and faith, that's risky for some, right? Hopefully we're doing it out of the power of the Holy Spirit, having determined that life is found in Christ. But we, we, if we shrink back in a moment of opportunity, we lose out. People lose out around us. So God wants us to, to, to go into each day Praying for opportunities to be a living expression of Jesus. That's one of my daily first prayers. Lord, help me see the opportunities around me and make the most of them. Let me experience nothing less than all of life you have to offer today. And just go at my day with open eyes, open ears, my head up, looking for opportunities and giving you praise for all of them. If we go into our day expectant, not expecting to be ashamed or, or rejected, but expectant, bold, our day will go that way. It's just amazing what expectation will do. And Paul's modeling this. He's challenging us, to fully expect ourselves to be hope sharers. Boldly at times. I mean, he's in prison sharing it. And not tentatively. Not in fear. Not timidly. I love the prayer in Romans fifteen thirteen. I pray that God, the source of hope, will find you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I hope that when you wake up in the morning, you're ready to overflow with expectancy and the power of the Holy Spirit throughout the day. That when you get to that same scenario that maybe you would have been silent in before, you speak out. And it's loving, it's gentle. And you're like, no, I'm not going to be silent. I can share. Even though I'm not perfect, I'm going to share how this gospel is intersecting with my life. That's the boldness that Paul had. That landed him in prison, by the way. It doesn't say, yeah, if you're bold and you're expectant, everything's going to be awesome. Oh, you, you might get stoned. You might get rejected. Somebody might honk at you. I was joking with the family on the way here, tossing out a couple A boards. Sometimes you get honked at. I take it as an encouragement, you know. I've been told I'm number one. I know it. I know that I was number one because they not only told me, they showed me. I mean, how encouraging is this? Like, that, I can do that too with this. Oh, anyway. Um, You know, it's like, You never know. If we're not expectant and confident that we're not going to be ashamed, then we can easily shrink back. Man, maybe we shouldn't put out A-boards anymore because a guy honked at me and and pointed upward with one finger. Anyway, no. In other countries, people are, are giving their lives to hear this message, and they're still not shrinking back. They know they're going to give their lives for this message and they're longing to take it back to their home thinking of the Afghan refugees we met with just weeks ago in Surabaya, Indonesia. They long for the freedom to go back in and share the gospel even knowing that probably will be them giving their life. That's Boldness. But the kind of boldness we get to have too is just to speak up to our teammate or classmate, to encourage a coworker, or someone on our commute. To not just say, "Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll send some happy thoughts out for you," but to say, "You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for you. Can I pray right now with you?" Just freak everybody out, you know? <laughs> what, now, aloud, and then pray in Jesus' name. Man, want to see somebody's weird meter right? Not ashamed. Expectant. Understanding you're sowing hope all around you, and that hope's going to build up. And like my journey, after a few years of that hope building up, I find myself in church, and after six months of exploring, I determine, that's right. Life is found in Christ, and I've never, never once regretted choosing to follow him. Our action point is simple. Boldly speak about Jesus. And boldness for some of you will be just handing someone that invitation that's inside your your program today. You're like, yeah, handing this to somebody would be a little outside of my comfort zone. Boldness for you may be checking in on Facebook, understanding someone will notice that you went to church and maybe ask you, you were in church? Boldness may be saying yes to a, a call to ministry. Boldness may be saying, I'm gonna show up on Sunday 10 minutes early instead of ten minutes late so that the guests aren't the first ones sitting in the chair. Oh, too, too close, Pastor. That's that's too personal. Boldness may be driving more generously letting somebody in in front of you (laughs) now now boldness may be encouraging others and building others up and just sowing hope all day every day that's what god put us here to do to be a living expression of the gospel can i pray for you today two prayers first i'm going to pray for those of you who want to say yes to Jesus today, you want to, okay, I've, yeah, I've been exploring. I've been listening to podcasts. I've even downloaded apps. I've started opening a Bible and I'm going to say yes to Jesus finally. I'm going to do it. We'll pray for you. And secondly, I want to pray for our boldness today. God, I thank you for everybody who was able to make it today. Probably a little lack of sleep after the storm that piled through here last night. God, I pray that you would just give us a clear mind right now that we could hear you reaching out to us wherever we're at in our journey of faith today. Lord, some are here today in my exact scenario that I found myself in, in 1993, just exploring, kind of not yet making that decision to confess you, Jesus, as Lord, invite you into their life, but... I pray that today would be the day they determine life is found in Christ and begin to live that life to the full you promise, empowered by your Holy Spirit to be hope creators all around them. And so God, I pray today for anybody who wants to say yes to Jesus and invite you into their life. They wanna choose to follow you today as Lord and Savior of their life. And if that's you, would you simply pray this with me? Jesus, come into my life today. I want to follow you. I, I want to I follow you as the Lord of my life, my Savior. And I want to grow in a relationship with you and move beyond just knowing about you. I want to live for you. Help me to grow in my faith. Use me to bring hope to the world around me. Jesus' name. And God, for the rest of us in this room, I pray for boldness. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would well up within us in the morning when we awake and would challenge us to be expectant, would challenge us to comprehend the intersection of our life and your hope so that we could communicate it to the the world around us that you give us a chance to communicate it to. Help us see the opportunities and hear the opportunities to be hope bringers to people who need Jesus around us. May we be the sharers of this gospel and have great boldness in doing it, but in a very genuine way from right where we are. Help us to clearly communicate how you're impacting our mess, our life, and graciously love others in this journey. I thank you for what you've challenged us to do in these passages, in Jesus' name. Amen. Worship team's gonna sing, and we want you to either turn the Connect card over or open it back up if you haven't hit submit on your device, and just let us know what Jesus is up to in your world. We wanna be praying for you this week. We wanna be encouraging you and giving you next steps if that's your next journey. Like, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to find out how we can help you grow personally and take that very seriously. But God wants to fill us with great boldness. So the worship team is going to sing and then we'll close you out here in just a minute as we talk about generosity.